Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit Valley Park, Valley Park, Missouri, outside of St. Louis. Brandon Jackson, how are you today, sir? I'm well, Dominic. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for being on. Appreciate your time. Let's hop into it. Tell us about CrossFit Valley Park, how you're executing the CrossFit model in your area. What, what's going on there? Oh, man. Well, you've caught us now. We're, we're out of the, well, sort of out of the pandemic, right? <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah, so we're we're nearing, what, a good year and a half, close to two years out of it. So um, we're coming out of the woods. We've got pretty much all of our folks, uh, for the most part, back. And uh, we're just rolling. We're just doing uh, doing life with folks, uh, training people, um, trying to get them healthy, get their mind right. Uh, because this this pandemic has, did a, has done a number on people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of those things where everybody talked about the mental health and, and physical health sides of things that people get from exercise. And it, people paid a lot of lip service to it. And then pandemic hit and everyone's like, oh, this is a real thing. We need to really be on top of this. And, you know, regardless of what your affiliations are or beliefs or political leanings, uh, seeing a lot of gyms go to bat for the people in their four walls to get them back in, not because they wanted to get that revenue, not because, you know, it was all about the dollar, but, you know, the amount of people I've heard that are concerned about their members and what happened is, has really been, been a life-changing, eye-opening experience. So, I definitely love that perspective. So you're here, you've been around a long time in the game since 2007. Um, you know, it's, you've, you've had, you've seen all the ups and downs, ins and outs of CrossFit, the fitness industry, group fitness exploding. Um, but take me back to, you know, when you had that moment, you're like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to be in business. We're going to do group fitness. We're going to reach people. What did that look like for you, you know, going back to when you, when you really made that decision to go all in on it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good question. So I started CrossFit back in 2006, doing it on my own uh, with another friend uh, who actually used to uh, be my partner years ago. And um, so we were, we were actually doing it ourselves. And then we started running, we were both independent trainers and we started doing CrossFit with a group of people together and um, I could tell that the thing was starting to blow up. And, um, and, I, and I, I, I turned to my buddy and I said, I think we need to get certified in this. <laughs> um, and he's like, do you really think we need to pay the money? Which at that point was five to $100 a year. <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, sure, we could probably do this without it, but I got a sense that this is going to blow up and we're going to want the CrossFit name behind us. So when people start looking it up on the computer, Googling, you know, which is so big now, which I'm not sure if it was a big deal back then, uh, but thank goodness we did um, because soon after we, we got, we got certified and then um, we started promoting it. So it, it was really one of those things that we did start. Uh, we, we probably, me and my buddy, 
uh, we became business partners. We weren't partners at the time, but his was his more passion was was actually uh, fitness, and mine was people, right? Uh, so we kind of just merged them, and for him, it was a place where he could work out, like so many uh, back then gym owners would, uh, you know, they would build this gym, so it was a place where they could work out, right? And became and it was a hobby for so many uh, old school gym owners. And mine was really to just, uh, you know, get to know people and invest in people. And we just merged it together and, um, and it worked out and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Sounds like it was the right combination at the right time. And then, you know, fast forward a, a bunch of years, you're in, you're in your current, you know, uh, iteration of CrossFit Valley Park. Uh, you're doing, you're doing the traditional CrossFit model lots of group fitness, uh, a little bit of personal training. And then you've kind of found a side or a secondary um, interest. Maybe it's your primary interest now, but kind of late comer to it of, of working more with kids and doing youth training. So how did that come to be? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> another good question. I, I actually started off uh, working when I was an independent trainer. I, I worked with some adults, but really uh, athletics is my background. So um, back in 2006, you know, uh, all of these, uh, uh, the select sports, the select teams started to, to, to come on the rise. And I thought, man, all these kids are playing these sports year round. They need strength training. They need to actually be able to recover and get stronger for, for playing all the games and practices that they're doing. So I started doing that and I did that for a few years and then it kind of fizzled um, just because I, I quit pouring into it and I started to pour into the adults. And then um, actually my wife a few years ago says, why don't you get back into the, uh, to the kids? And I don't know, a light bulb went off and I literally just got on Facebook and said, this is what I'm going to start doing. And then I started getting all of these messages like crazy that uh, all these parents was like, Johnny's in, Susie's in. And, and what do you know? I've got weightlifting classes. I have speed and agility classes with all these kids. And so we run uh, several programs that um, really enhance uh, middle school and high school's um, athletic performances. Awesome. Awesome. And you found that for you, um, you know, you spent a lot of years training adults and in, in working with that. Uh, oh, let's see here. I can hear you. So just a different level of fulfillment, different type of interest when it comes to getting kids at a younger age and kind of helping them develop that strength, confidence, things like that, just kind of rekindled the spark after a bunch of years. Yeah, it really did. And, 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 and honestly, uh, you know, kids listen pretty well. <laughs> Not that adults don't, but, uh, you know, there's just a different challenge there. And uh, I, I did, uh, not that it's, it's transactional, because I don't like to think of things as, as transactional, but what I did notice is parents really want the best for their kids. And uh, so it was, just a, it was just a great way to help people and, and, and make money, 
to, to be honest with you. Uh, um, throughout the 15 years or longer that I've been doing this, um, just parents will do things for the kids that they won't do for themselves. You don't know how many parents will come in and drop, drop their kids off to work out with us, but they won't do it themselves, you know? So, uh, you know, the adults is a, is a whole nother uh, challenge for sure. And I don't know if gym owners, if they're, they're listening to this, they're probably shaking their head going, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. It's a weird split because some people don't realize that. And, and like you say, it doesn't need to be transactional. It's, it's from the point of investment and in what foundation you're building. And I talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, I want to get a kid's class going. And, you know, there's a little bit of interest and like, well, if you put a little more into it, make it seem, you know, like it's more of a real thing that you're investing in that, you know, that you want to provide, like you said, uh, parents will spend a ridiculous amount of money. They'll, everybody, every generation wants to give their kids more than they had. And, you know, you might have a parent who says, well, you know, I'm not ever going to be that fit person, but I know that I want my kid to have the confidence to have the the life skills, the social skills and all that stuff. And they just, they open up the wallet. I mean, you, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, kid parents have kids playing five sports or whatever it is. And it really is an opportunity. If you get in this business to help as many people as you can, right. It's, it's a whole different world. If you take a kid and just put them on the right path from youth versus, you know, taking an adult who may have been sitting at a desk for 30 years and, and trying to fix them. They both can use help, but wow, is it tremendously different? And like you said, it's, you know, you have parents that are like, I'll do anything for my kid. And as long as you know, you have the integrity to provide a good service with them, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to be paid for it either. That's right. That's right. I, t I totally agree. Um, it's been, it's been quite uh, fulfilling for sure. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it since I got back into it. So um, it's a good call. I'm, I'm glad my wife encouraged me on that for sure. <laughs> it's funny how our significant others just have a weird way of being right when we need it to. So it, I, it's, it's so interesting, even though my wife isn't really involved, like everybody at the gym knows my wife, but uh, she, she borderline runs the gym uh, in her living room by just the way she speaks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And she's got her own separate career that she's managing she, too, she, without yeah. any input from you, probably. She owns her own business. That's right. <laughs> but also, she's also in a in a people a service based people people business, right? So, she is. She is. so people are people. No matter what, no matter what service you're providing them, there's a lot of things that translate across from from thing to thing. So it, it sounds like the wisdom runs deep there. So I'd like to hop in a little bit because of your your interest and your focus being a lot on your, your youth program, the stuff like that. Can you give us a little breakdown of how you are set up organizationally now? Like you have a manager in place, you have kind of a, a structure organizationally in the gym. Can you tell us how that came to be and what it looks like? Uh, yeah. Um, I desperately needed a manager. So <laughs> I'm not extremely organized. I'm more of a visionary mm -hmm. and, uh, I've been looking for a manager for quite some time, but I wanted somebody that was, I just didn't want to just hire anyone. So um, 
we got this coach. Um, she's been with us for two years and she's young. She's 24 years old and uh, super organized, super personable. And uh, you wouldn't think that she was 24. You would think that she's 35, the way she operates. And um, literally this past summer, I just went to her and said, would you like more? <laughs> Is really what I asked her. And uh, she goes, I love this place. What do you have for me? And, and really the, the conversation just went, how would you like to be a GM? How'd you like to run this place? And uh, she was super thankful and she was like, I would love it. So really she's taken the reins and uh, it has opened up so much more uh, freedom, obviously for me uh, to pour into the kids and do other things. I have two kids myself, so it's, it's created more um, freedom to, to work with the kids plus my own two kids and, and uh, just hanging out with my own two in, in, inside our home. And it's been fabulous. Don't we all wish that we could happen, happen upon somebody like that in our world for sure. It's not, not always that easy, but it's great when you have homegrown talent and somebody who is that passionate. You know, when she said to you, I love this place, what do you got? You must've just been like, I hit the lottery. <laughs> I, I, I totally did because uh, she knows how I, well, she, here's, here's what I do know. Um, and here's why I was, I was drawn to her. She share, she shares pretty much the same values I do. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my vision for the place, she just, she caught it and she wants to carry it out. So it wasn't like, I have to tell her, Hey, this is how we're going to do it. She just understands it. Um, which makes it really easy and comforting uh, for me to, to just turn her loose. I told her the other day, I said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to give you enough rope to hang yourself, but here's the deal. Uh, if you do hang, I'll hang here with you. So, Yeah, that's, that's going to be an amazing feeling to know that you can, you can put it out there like that and have somebody that's like, let's, let's do this, right? Let's just yeah. let's make it happen. So that, that's fantastic. So the rest of, you've got a couple of other coaches. Does anybody specialize? Is everybody else or the other coaches just doing general, you know, fit in by scheduling? Or do you have anything else in place as far as structure goes there? No, you know, we have, uh, besides Chris, the managers who, who does coach as well, we have uh, um, uh, three other coaches and they're CrossFit coaches. I do have uh, um one of the gals that, that coaches, she is in directed more into, she's getting into more of the, uh, the women's field and try to specialize in that. So she's, she's working on, on that and bringing that to our, uh, to our gym. And that's a passion of hers. And I want to turn people loose for sure. If they've got a passion or a, or a niche that they can uh, provide to, to a certain group of people inside the gym, um, I'm all for it. So Cool, cool. So let's talk a little bit about uh, logistics operations, you know, the general flow of how people come in and hopefully stay in the gym. What are you doing currently to attract people, to get people to raise their hand and say, I want to check out CVP. I want to get fit. I want to get off the couch. Are you doing, um, are you doing any type of advertising at all currently? Currently we are not. Um, and we, we've done some, uh, but because, because I'm so old school, 
I am literally, I am literally uh, more organic in terms of the way that we get people in. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit, I don't know if that's lazy, um, relying on our reputation because we, we were the first CrossFit gym in St. Louis. So every, we have so many gyms, half the gyms in our town um, came from our gym. <laughs> yeah, it has a way, CrossFit has a way of spawning off other CrossFit gyms. Right. So, so really it's, it might be an arrogant attitude. I, I don't believe it is, but uh, I'm sure people would, would take it as that. But uh, people, <clears throat> if they're looking for CrossFit, uh, they either know who we are or our Google search is pretty good. <laughs> so really when people don't know of, of us and I ask them in the intro of, of how, how'd you find out about us and they're like, Googled you and you're the first one that popped up. So really that's what we, we want to make sure our Google, uh, the search engine is really, you know, pointing to us when people look for a local CrossFit gym. Okay. So that's it. So yeah. With that, right, because there are definitely different niches uh, or different paths that people take. And some people aren't doing much of anything like you are. And some people are doing different ads and some people go real hard on social media. And it, it makes the next step a little bit different. And that's the sales process. What happens when somebody does come in and they find you? I'm interested to know how you feel like, do you do most of those consults? Um, when people come in for new new client or somebody else in the gym assigned to that? Yeah, I, I do all of them because because I'm not coaching that much, um, I want to make sure that I'm their first touch point and uh, I get to know them really well. So my job really is to just to know everyone. <laughs> I know who their spouse is, who their kids are, their dogs, if they have a dog, uh, if their kids play sports or dance, where they work, where they live, what do they like to do? go on vacation. That is what I do. And uh, I, I just pour myself into them of, I want them to know that I'm listening and they can, and I, people want to be heard, right? They just want to be heard. So I'm really just a, a big ear for them. And uh, I don't even know if I'm answering really your question, but that's kind of how the intro process goes of how they get there. And I ask them a bunch of questions and then I just sell. <laughs> I just ask them, are we going to do this or what? <laughs> and that's exactly what I was going for. And I, um, what I find, and it sounds like you're in the same way, for people who are living off of organic, living off of search engine, when it comes in, people have probably checked you out. They know what they want. They know what they're looking for. If they get themselves to your front door, it generally feels a lot like, all right, I'm going to be as real as I can with this person. I'm going to care as much as I can. And then I'm going to tell them what I think will help. And they're probably going to want to do it because they already got here. And if they didn't, then maybe we, maybe we weren't the right fit or, or maybe it was for the better anyway. Is that generally how those conversations go for you? It, it totally is. I'm brutally honest with them uh, because here's the deal. I don't want people in the gym. I don't want to, coerce a certain uh, idea about us. And then they get into the gym and go, well, that's not what I thought at all. And, and then I, now I'm, I'm canceling memberships. And so I, I just don't have time for that stuff. So I am so <laughs> forthcoming upfront with how we operate, who we are. 
And then at that point, neither one of us have to waste our time if they're like, yeah, I thought something different. Absolutely. I, I, and I saw that it was going that way. And it's always nice to see it because that conversation, if you can, if you can get to that point where you, where you can live off referrals, word of mouth and Google, it makes the, the sales process feel a lot less salesy and a lot more just like an organic conversation. You'd have a conversation you just have with someone you care about, like, Hey, this is what you need. You can get it here. Let's do this. And then yeah. it goes from there. Honestly, Dominic, I, I don't even, I don't even, tr I don't even try to sell. I just, I just talk. And at the end of it all, I literally just ask for the sale. That's all I do is just, do you want to, is this song, does this sound like something you want to do? And then I, I really just make them give me a yes or a no. Yeah. Uh, if they're like, well, let me think about it. Then we go through all of that stuff. And I just make them get off the fence because <laughs> I'm okay with no's. I, I do not like, I, I don't like fence sitters. So I just help them. I'll just help them. Yeah. Either come to me or go to the other side. Not, not in a, like a mean way, but I just help push them uh, so they can start finding the, the, uh, the, the fitness joint that serves them best, you know, because uh, yeah. that's ultimately what we want. We want a bunch of people to be healthy. So, and if they're not in this gym, I want them to help find another gym uh, because we just, we need more healthy people in this world. <laughs> for sure. And I think you, just by saying, Hey, you know what? I just ask for the sale. That's something that a lot of people, especially in early stages who are doing this, they skip that step. They tell people a bunch of stuff and then they just say, what do you think? Or they, they kind of ask a vague question because they don't want someone to say no. And it's like, Hey, do you want to do this? Or does this sound like something you want to do? you're just going to ask because a lot of people won't unless you prompt them to do it. Like we, that's just how humans work. So just asking for it is, is going to get you so much further than hoping. It, it really will. And I would say this to all the new gym owners uh, is to start that process early. Don't be, you, I mean, you got to grow some thick skin and you just got to get used to people saying no. Um, but I think early on, I think gym owners, it's painful to hear no. So a maybe let me go ask my spouse or let me think on it is just so much easier to hear and be like, okay, I'll circle up with you next week. They, they feel better with that than hearing no. And, and the truth is you can move on a lot faster if you just get the yes or no. For sure, for sure. So as we start to come near the, the end of our time here, the last big topic I wanna to talk about is your involvement, as far as you say, it's my job to know everybody, to, uh, you know, to, to kiss babies and shake hands. And that to me goes hand in hand with retention and with you kind of fulfilling what your drive is and, and what you get out of the business. So what does that look like for you on a day to day? How do you, how do you weave together just really caring about people and, and what happens to them in their actual lives outside of the gym? And how do you weave that into something that to a lot of people will look like probably a, a really fantastic retention system? Yeah. So really it's, it's me. Well, which will now I'll still do it, but this will be my uh, manager's job is to uh, just texting the coaches. Hey, were there any high points? Anybody do anything pretty specific, uh, um, um, 
spectacular is what the word I was looking for. Um, anybody we need to check on that's that's been down lately, just touch points, um, simple text. Uh, that is what we do a lot. And when you're texting people, if people aren't in our gym for five days, they're getting a text from me, one of the coaches, perhaps the culture that we built, they're probably getting a text from a member. And that's just the way the culture that we've built these last 15 years, the accountability runs very, very deep and strong in our gym. People don't get lost in the shuffle at our gym at all. So that I would say is our retention rate. They are getting a text from somebody, um, <clears throat> a hot, not a, Yes, we'll do high fives in the gym, but literally like, you know, a high five through a text of like, I saw you today, you know, in, in, in class and I just want to say way to go or whatever that may look like. Um, or, you, you know, they may share something with you and you circle back the next day and say, hey, I was thinking of you and I know that you had a tough conversation with your boss or whatever that, how'd that go? Just really, it's investing. That's really what it boils down to. Um, people want to know you care, and that is the something that, you know, we uh, have established through our staff, and then it permeates into the uh, the membership. Membership goes, um, they just care for the next person. So it's just a lot of caring. Dominic really is what it boils down to. <laughs> it's funny, before you came back and summed it up with that, I was going to say, it sounds like the whole process is number one, you have to care. And number two, you have to act like you care. And if number two doesn't happen, go back to number one. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, 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 and how we, how we um, hire our coaches, they have to have some form of uh, a level of compassion, right? If you don't have compassion or empathy or anything of that nature, uh, it probably won't work. Uh, we, we like to do uh, uh, hire people with a little bit of charisma for sure. Um, I don't care if you're a great athlete or not. Uh, and we probably don't have time for this, but when we first started, we were a really athletic gym uh, where we would send teams to the games. And I mean, it was, it was a bit, uh, it was, it was fun, but uh, it, it was a culture that can go uh, south in a hurry. And, and, and it's, it wasn't a culture that I wanted. So the culture that we have now is, is quite different than it was in, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, for sure. Absolutely. And it, it can definitely, it can, <laughs> yeah, outside of the time that we have here, but, but that, that's <laughs> a whole, open up that can of worms. That's a whole, it's a whole different business model, really. And it's for most people, short of a, a celebrity a fitness athlete not really that sustainable and limits the amount of people you can help. So I'm, I'm glad you made that pivot and realized it. So we are just about out of time. Last question. One of my favorites, you've been in the game a long time. If you could go back and give your younger self one, one good piece of, uh, of advice, one, one thing, core tenant, something that served you well above and beyond everything else. Is there anything that stands out? You know, something that I thought that I knew, uh, but, I, but I really didn't. And uh, getting in the game, if, if somebody is wanting to open up their, their, their gym, they need to know who they are first. Um, if you don't know who you are, 
and what you're planning to do, um, you might be in a little bit of a, a, a pickle at, at some point, um, you know, knowing your values and that's part of knowing who you are. <clears throat> that's what I would tell somebody. That's what I would tell myself 15, 16 years ago um, and know how to articulate that, you know, um, and I think that will help because so many back in the day, so many gym owners just got in going, I, I just want to open up a gym and work out and have friends work out with me. And you, you just can't do that nowadays at all. It just doesn't work. <laughs> and if it does, I would love to hear the story of somebody that just opened up one the past couple of years and, and, and did it that way. Yeah, not not unless you're independently wealthy or have have some other source of income, but it doesn't work as a business model, that's for sure. I've I've seen it. I've seen it tried and it it doesn't never works out quite. You never have as many friends who want to pay you to hang out as you think. So <laughs> that is we are sure. officially out of time here, Brandon. The last thing before I let you go, where can people find you? Do you have social media for the gym? What's the website? Hit us with all those things that you can. Yeah. So we're just uh, CrossFit, www.crossfitvalleypark.com. Uh, Cross and you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at CrossFit Valley Park. Um, awesome. All right. Check out Brandon. Check out CrossFit Valley Park. Google them. Check out every, all the cool stuff they're doing. If you're in the St. Louis area, try to find them. Drop in on them. Have a good experience there. Thank you so much, Brandon, for being here. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Dominic, for having me. Appreciate it. You are very welcome. And as always, to everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time. Thanks for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, smash that subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk about your gym, your story, your business model, click the link in the description, fill out the form, someone in the team. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Jason. Jason, how's it going, man? I'm going good, man. Yeah, thanks for being on the podcast today. No problem. And yeah, so let's kind of go ahead and we'll get right into it. So first off, what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? Uh, the name of the gym is called Flux Fitness Gym. Uh, we're located in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Got it, man. Kansas City, Missouri. Chiefs fan? Uh football fan so just football in general okay got it man got it so yeah so i'm curious so kind of uh give us a little breakdown here like how you got started and uh you know what caused you to open up a gym well so 
going back five years. Uh, so five years ago, man, I was just pretty much an independent uh, trainer. Do my own thing, open a little studio. Uh, and I did really well at that. I got bored with it after about two about two years. Uh, there wasn't too much more growth I could do with just being a trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went ahead and and decided to try to, you know, a small gym, nothing crazy, just something small that, you know, I still can manage myself and and uh, and just be there all the time, whatever. So I opened a smaller gym. Uh, we outgrew that. It was crazy. We outgrew that so fast. Like within a year, it was so packed in there. And it's like all your old school type equipment, just the stuff that you still don't see anymore. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to find, yeah, I had to find another another spot. Uh, and we just actually moved here a year ago, but it's uh, 6,000 square feet, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've already expanded to 10,000 square feet. Nice, man. So, so you're moving on up then. So you're going up again. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what, when you started like doing, doing the PT thing, like um, what, like what size was that facility you had or the one you were training out of? Man, it's like 1200 square feet. Okay. All right. So you went from 1200 to what, what was next? Uh, 3000, 1200, 3000 to 6,000. So you're essentially doubling every time. Yeah. And now we're about to go, then we're about to go close to 10,000. Nice, man. Now, is this a different facility or is it, is it just like uh, another area no. like on the one you have? Uh, it's, it's expansion of the one that we have. I picked the warehouse just so we can have room for growth without moving. And so the the owner of the building is going to expand some walls for us and get us another uh, three to 4,000 square feet there. Nice, dude. Nice. What do you plan on doing with that extra? Man, I've been going back and forth. I've been either – I. We got serious leg equipment. I'm making a complete just leg room. There's yeah. nothing but all your 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 crazy equipment. Or I kind of going back to the powerlifting side of having like kilogram plates, racks, platforms. So it might be a mixture yeah. of both, but it's gonna be for sure a, a, a lower body training area. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's one thing that, that sets a good gym apart is um yeah is having a good good leg machines or. yeah and i sit there and i I pick out every single piece of equipment myself so like we have everything from a vertical leg press to the arsenal hack to the arsenal leg press we have everything when it comes to the legs oh that's that's awesome man so yeah i've I've got arsenal too um yeah we uh i've got the vertical i've got the hack squad so um arsenal is actually they're just about 20 minutes their warehouse is about 20 minutes Uh, from my gym lucky man you're right there yeah man yeah so yeah it's pretty cool just to just to be there be that close to it and you know their their facility is awesome over there too yeah actually we actually have a true squat have you you ever been on one of those i've never been on one of those no yeah i had an order from the uk dang man yeah that's insane so looking at um let's say like other, other services you guys offer for the gym. Um, yeah. so you're, an, you're an open gym. Um, mm-hmm. now what else do you offer? Do you do like one-on-ones? Do you do any kind of group stuff or what? Yeah, we do, uh, uh, one-on-one, uh, we do, you know, uh, I have like a group class every Saturday that I run, mm-hmm. uh, 
but that's been on hold a little bit just because of space. We're waiting for the expansion to happen before we can run that again. Okay. Uh, but mostly one-on-ones. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of break on your connection again. Is that better? Yep, that's better. All right, so so you said so after the expansion, like you're looking to add some some more of that back. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna add, probably add the group back on Saturdays, and maybe for a couple of the trainers, I'm gonna pick up some you know group training classes during the week. Okay, all right, gotcha, gotcha. Now, as far as your um, like trainers, so how how many trainers do you have right now? Uh, currently, there's currently there's four of us. Four, okay, sweet. Now, are these your employees, or do you have them contracted? Uh, they're contracted. Okay, got it. Now, so basically. Yeah, because there's there's a couple yeah. different ways people do contractors. Yeah, is this like you take a revenue split, or do you just have them pay you monthly? Uh, man, I just have them pay a rent every month. It's just it's easier to track. Is I don't have to worry about counting their sessions or anything like that. I just pay a monthly rent. Just pay pay the monthly. Okay, got it, man. Got it. Now, what about um? So how much how much are you in the gym right now? Like, do you still do a lot of the day to day training too, or are you kind of scaled back uh, everything? No, every day I start every every day I start at five a.m. Uh, five a.m. I get up at five. I usually start my first sessions at five thirty, five fifteen, uh, and I train pretty much throughout the whole day till about six o'clock at night. Okay, man. Okay. So so you're doing so you're all day. They're all the yeah. time. Got it, man. Got it. Now what is um now as far as just like active memberships, you know, not for training, but just like your open gym memberships. Roughly, how many people would you say you guys have for that? Uh, we at, we're about uh, fourteen hundred right now. Fourteen hundred. Okay, got it. So, uh, so that's why you got to expand, right? Like, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. got it. Man. Yeah, that that's a good number for a, a six thousand square foot facility for sure. Yeah, hopefully, you know, once we expand, we can get to you know close to the three thousand or twenty five hundred. Yeah, man, that that's that's a good goal. What are you guys doing to market? Um, to get those people in right now? The funniest thing, the only thing that we really do is social media. Uh, we have our Instagram page that we promote the gym a lot on. Yeah. Uh, just word of mouth, man. We, we ha honestly, I haven't done any, haven't done any advertising at all. Really? None. Well, I mean, so I guess, I mean, the brand pretty much speaks for itself then, right? For, for that. For that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man. So that's, that's awesome. Not, not how to do any kind of advertising for that. So what does it look like um, now going into the new space or I've been mean, just adding on. So you have like this new area, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you probably need to ramp that up if you want to essentially double, right? Yeah. 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 Got it. Uh, we're we're going to make a couple of videos, like marketing videos. I think we're getting ready to get done, uh, just to get the name out there a little bit more, and yeah. just to build some anticipation behind the the expansion. Yeah, uh, that's about it so far. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome, man. So looking at um, like like other trainers and stuff like that. So are, are you looking to bring more trainers on, or are you happy with where you're at? With uh, the three or four. I'll, I'll 
Yeah, we got the we got the well, I'm I'm pretty much done. I don't take on too many more people as of right now. Uh then my other trainer for about 10 years and uh he doesn't take on any more people. So the other two trainers that we have, we've been kind of hampering them to get them to where they want to be professionally. Right. Uh, and once we get them and once we get them locked in where they want to be, uh then we look on bringing on maybe another trainer on. Okay, that's good. So you're yeah, so you're feeding what you got first. Then when they're full, maybe bring someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that could essentially be good for those people. I mean, somebody new coming in, like, I mean, if they're the only one, you know, that you really have to fill their plate. Right. I mean, and it seems like you get quite a few people, you know, inquiring about it too. Yeah. We had about three inquiries this night. Yeah. yeah. So we get quite a few every day. Uh, the biggest, biggest thing for us, man, is to to make the existing trainer make like make sure they're okay financially before I try to bring other people in. It becomes kind of a you know a battle when it comes to other trainers. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Now, would you ever consider um, having people like employed by you, or you just want to do the contractor thing? No, I write to do a contract thing. I, we had to have people approach about, you know, maybe working the desk and work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I just don't feel like it's really something that we really need versus, you know, just doing it. Uh, I personally, I'd rather just take the revenue that we make and I put it back into the gym. So I'm constantly adding new pieces of equipment all the time. Yeah. And taking things out to get the way we want. So I'd rather keep that revenue still coming in and worry about paying somebody else. There you go. So yeah, with the, um, like, what do you do with your old equipment? Do you, do you sell it or you just, just tell somebody to come get it? Uh, I sell it. I mostly just sell it. Some, man, some, honestly, sometimes give it away. I just get, I like, I had it for about three, four years. I'm good. Like I yeah. just give it to somebody that wants like elliptical. I give it to a member that needs it. Yeah. Yeah. And some, that, sometimes that's how it is. Like, you know, when we get started, we think of how, how much all this shit costs then afterwards, like when you want it gone, like you want it gone, like you want yeah, it out of your sight. I don't want to touch it. I want it out of here. Right. Exactly, man. It's like, it's almost more of a hassle trying to sell it. Dude, it is. It is. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, and then, you know, if you got to take it somewhere, you know, it's like, yeah, we've done that with stuff before I've, I've set it outside and uh, been like, Hey, like, if you want it, I'll put a picture on Facebook. This is here. You know, I don't care whoever wants it. First come first serve. You know, come get it. Yeah. We have quite a bit of a, I have about four or five pieces and plan on getting rid of, but I have a guy that's going to come up and grab them. He wants to, so it's yeah. easy to get rid of. Yeah. Gotcha, man. So yeah. looking at, um, like, so as far as staff goes, so do you have, do you have somebody that works front desk right now or anything? Or is it pretty much uh, just uh, my, wife, seven? my wife? Okay. My okay. wife works different. So she, you know, she's there with me uh, every day. She comes in. She does. She does with the memberships, the uh, the defaults, all that good stuff. She does all that, uh, and I do training and equipment and cleaning and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like, so would you guys want to hire somebody when you get bigger? Like, I mean, you kind of talked about. We t- we talked about hiring a a person for the evening because man, like, we have a very young evening crowd. Mm-hmm. They're pretty. They're pretty. 
pretty wild and now I like to clean up their weights at the night. You know, I come in the morning, I have weights everywhere. I just got to pick up every morning. So it'd be nice to have somebody that can kind of monitor that and make sure they clean up after themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that's kind of how it does hours too. Like we have, you know, we have a younger crowd in the evenings too. And uh, yeah, you got to stay on top of them, man. Like, oh. you know, just racking weights and shit, you know, like yeah, they're like, wild, oh, man. man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy how much the crowds change throughout the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the you know the the old school gym guys that are respectful, clean up their equipment to, to going to the evening where the guys they just don't care. You know, you can tell you can tell that pretty much the generation difference when it comes to gym etiquette. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. And now um, that that's pretty much now as far as everything else goes. Um, on the pocket, like what else, what else are you guys doing to get more revenue and you do supplements, you do like meals or yeah, anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so we're actually in the process of opening a front uh, store for a supplement store that would be open at the end of November. And it's okay. uh, Rexus Nutrition. And so it's a franchise that we bought. And so we're going to be opening that. Okay. All right, cool. So is that, uh, you guys going to have smoothies or anything like that with it? Or is it just going to be uh, just the supplements? Maybe down the road, but we're just going to do like the whole supplement thing at first and just, you know, able to have like, you know, in Kansas City, there's nowhere you can go buy muscle egg, you know, so like able to have stuff like that in there. Yeah. Um, mega fit meals and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Then we sell, yeah. Then we're going to do some of the subs inside the gym. So it could be easy access for people to be able to just, you know, work out, grab their subs and go home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yep. Well, awesome, man. Um, now, as far as, let's see. So now expansion goes. Now, mm-hmm. how close are you guys to that? Uh, we're, looking like we're shooting for April is when we're going to plan on having it open. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So not, not, not too far away. Yeah, you got to figure out what you want to do first, though, right? Like, nail that part down. Right. For sure. Yeah, I got to know that. I keep going back and forth. And some people, you know, they want me to put some turf in there but they can do like lunges and stuff like that. So yeah. I keep going back and forth on that. Yeah. Now, do you, do you get to work out at your gym or do you get the people like harass you the way they do at uh, mine too? No, nah, nah, they, they're actually pretty good, man. I uh, train every day. I train five days a week uh, from 10 to noon. That's my workout time. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty respectful when it comes to just working out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Well, awesome. So we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. Um, one thing I always like to ask people, so, um, and you've kind of already answered it, but just to, to dive a little bit more uh, into it, what does growth look like for you, like in the next year or so? The ideal growth for me in next year would be to have the, uh, the space done, you know, be at close to 10,000 square feet, to have our, mem- you know, memberships up to, you know, 2,500, at least 2,500. Uh, mm-hmm. which I think is very attainable, yeah. uh, especially with adding the space, just the equipment that we do have. Uh, and maybe doing some marketing tools uh, to help, you know, get there a little bit quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense, man. Well, I love it. Well, Jason, dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, definitely enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, love love the facility. Um, hope you uh, got some value out of this too, man. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured in the podcast, 
click the link in the description apply to be a guest until next time jim lords out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Jesse James Leva from Outlaw Fit Camp Franchise, now in Texas, expanding all over the country, maybe all over the world. Jesse, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing awesome, and thanks for having me on, Dom. Appreciate it. I appreciate having you. Can't wait to hear more about you and, and what you're doing. Um, give us a little overview about what Outlaw Fit Camp is about, and then we'll talk kind of history and where you're going. Sure thing. Um, background being 25 years of personal training, fitness, bodybuilding, everything of that nature. Um, love fitness, love personal training, but I saw a big void with the group fitness and the direction it was going, trying to cram the masses in there. And I think we all kind of saw it going from 20 people in a room to 36 people, 40 people in a room and quality starts to diminish. So if your background is biomechanics and you love movement and you love training, that was a deficit I saw. So what we did is a few years back, created something that I can bring in personal trainers to not only teach classes, keep them captive, you know, anywhere from 12 to 16 in a class, we charge a little bit more, but then we also have personal training in there as well. So now a trainer can make money doing both in a location, personal training and group fitness, which again, another thing we couldn't really do in the group fitness aspect. So you had to have a full-time job or a spouse making some money to do your passion. So that's kind of how Outlaw Fit Camp came to be. Awesome. So you saw a niche or two things that you really wanted to address. One was a little higher level of service by, by getting a smaller group. And then also the ability to, to give coaches, trainers a full-time career so they could be more dedicated and actually work both ways, right? They get more fulfillment. The clients get better results. The clients yeah. get, get better. And then the business thrives. You can help more people. That's exactly it. You know, again, we all know it and you have a lot of trainers probably watching this. It's hard to make money in box gyms. And again, being in the business a long time, being an employer for probably 18 of those 25 years, I wanted to make sure we took care of our trainers. So with Outlaw Fit Camp and my primary company, uh, Outlaw, we provide health insurance, adjustable salaries. So they get W-2 income and just room to grow with a brand and a company. And by doing that and taking care of your trainers, it better serves myself and our franchise owners because you have that good retention and that, I don't know, it just kind of accelerates your brand, I would say, by having people that are passionate, making good money and enjoying what they do and keeping it all in-house, not teaching at F45, Orange Theory, and then driving to Lifetime LA Fitness to, to personal train and all day long, they're driving to three different places. Why not do it out of the same house? So 
that's kind of the niche we wanted to fill, not only taking care of the customers, but also taking care of trainers so they're a good place to be employed at. Got it, got it. So let's rewind a little bit um, to where you were before when it was just kind of the, the Jesse James brand and how you transitioned to Outlaw. What did, what did that look like from a business standpoint and, and, and how did you execute the transition? Yeah, good question. And I got a good story about that. Um, 15, actually, 14 years ago, the 10th next week, I reopened my business as Jesse James Fitness. And on the 8th, I shut down, you know, 14 years ago, my big box gym that was 45,000 square feet. And for about six weeks, I lived in my car. I was broke. I lost everything. Went through a divorce simultaneously for about a year. It was a, almost two years of a beatdown. So I lost everything. Um, just a brutal beatdown. What I did is I went for 45,000 square feet, and one of the girls that I hired stayed with me, Kay Sims, and her and her husband are now great partners of mine, but she followed me. Everybody else obviously left, and I leased a, a, a place with another trainer, partnered up, and uh, leased some space, borrowed money from family, started it over again, 1,000 square feet, and uh, just kept growing and growing and growing until it grew to about 7,700 square feet. And what I did was I went back to the drawing board. I I was chasing myself in a circle, trying to be a big box gym next to a lifetime LA fitness, just at the market up here with 24 hour fitness is here undercapitalized, a massive place, daycare, tanning, we had everything, but we weren't doing it really well. And being undercapitalized, you can't do things well. <laughs> you can be passionate all day long, but if you don't have systems in place and money, you're kind of screwed. So when I reopened, I made sure to stay just with personal training. I was a six figure trainer, probably for the last, I don't know, 17 years. I've been doing really well with personal training. Probably when you own a gym, it all stays in the gym to pay the bills. So that's how I lost my house and my truck and everything. And I went to that, that, that whole outing that loss. So I went back to the drawing board and just did personal training. We did it really well. We fine tuned things. We had our systems in place. We only do contracts and drafts. So I've been drafting people for better part of 14, 15 years. We were doing that before, but we really fine tuned it 14 years ago. And that's the only way I do things. I mean, everything is process driven. I've had my spreadsheets actually since 2006. So I watch everything. My numbers methodically, I forecast for the next month, every quarter, every year. And um, by sticking to just personal and training revenue, every month we jumped and we were having $200,000 a year jumps. Um, that's kind of what we did. That's where Jesse James Fit came. It was just about the trainers and about the clients and blew up. Awesome. And then that eventually did translate into you finding a need and a niche to expand beyond just personal training though, right? So what was the tipping point for that? Yeah, the tipping point was as you're growing a brand and I would lease more space, so from 1,000 square feet to 3,000, 4,500, blah, 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 up to 7,700 square feet where we're currently at now till next week we move. Um, I tried and experimented. I mean, as I would grow, I brought on massage therapists and we had a little bit of everything here paying rent. I had a food service in here. I sold supplements. But what I realized is, again, I was back to chasing my tail, grabbing a bunch of things that didn't produce much revenue, but were more of a headache and out of my control of the quality. Massage therapist, how they paid rent, how late they were, the quality of the service they were giving was all tied to my brand name. So when they messed up, it, it hurt us. So when I did a big remodel here, I decided to kind of get away from the massage therapy, just go back to the roots, personal training. Did that and we hit our first million dollars. I want to say 2013 with million dollar studio rocking. And I was getting, I wouldn't say bored, 
but I wanted to do other things and I wanted to grow, but to, to up, to take a, a studio this size with 15 to 18 trainers producing that kind of money and doing another location in Dallas or South Lake, something like that would cost a million, five, a million bucks to do. Um, I didn't want to do that. So we kind of experimented, um, love group fitness, but I didn't like what I saw with it. So I thought it'd be a good idea to throw in personal training into the group fitness aspect, making it really personalized, but in a large group setting. So we came up with the Outlaw brand, opened a, a pilot location far away from here, um, uh, six miles away, but nobody knew the name. I changed the name. So it wasn't Jesse James Fit, which was widely known in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and part of Texas, in most of Texas, um, and did Outlaw. And it blew up, did really well. I did that in 2014, 15, it kicked ass. Second year, did another $150,000 increase in revenue. And I kept watching this thing grow. So by the end of the, I think the third year, with not a lot of good infrastructure, we hit about $350,000 and we still didn't have a lot of personal training. That was all group fitness. So that's where we were. We decided to, that this was a winning combination. Let's really develop an infrastructure around this. And we did that. We went from Outlaw Boot Camp to Outlaw Fit Camp, trademarked the name because functional interval training and uh, more of a personal training based style group fitness. And it, it blew up. Everything we do is 30 minutes, our personal training and our group fitness. And uh, we've had multiple 100-pound losers, 200-pound losers, 300-pound loser, and uh, just a lot of life-changing stuff. So that's kind of how it all came together. So you're really uh, in the numbers, trial and error, scientific method kind of guy of like, yeah. let's, let's have a plan. I'm not just going to go fly at this blind, probably based a lot on having so much experience, right? You're not a guy who's two, three years in that was just like, hey, owning a gym sounds cool. I think I can make this work. I'm a great trainer. Like you came at it, you know, with the, the background of the big box and the numbers and, and having to watch all that stuff and in the reverse, right? We don't have a lot of people go from a big box gym to yeah. a micro gym or boutique setup. Um, but a lot of those business lessons apply. And if you can apply them in that, you can have a smaller monster to feed, but be as profitable or more if you if you can provide that high service level and it sounds like that's that's where your head has been all along whether it's in group or in one on one it's like i'm going to service the hell out of you i'm going to get a premium price for it and yeah. if my business structures are good because all that execution wouldn't matter if, if money's flying out the door because you're frivolous but if my business structures are in place then then we're going to make this work and you know quite a few locations later proof of concept is is uh way way beyond past where that is so it's cool to hear how you approached it and where you got to it um i'm interested to hear you know in the scope of the time that we have anyway today how have you you know you've you've launched multiple locations since then right all you know so have you found that you've adapted the way that you've marketed advertised locations from a kind of grand opening pre-sale point of view to what you do when they're established like how you're getting clients in the door because everybody at some point or other struggles with that. So I feel like you probably have, have experimented with a lot of things. So what does that look like for you and how's it evolved? You know, I think we all know this, this, this can be a beating sometimes for any business center, let alone a fitness center uh, owner, boutique or box gym, just getting good qualified leads in the door. So I've tried everything. We do paper ads, we do paper click Google, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. I use different companies. And as a franchisor, I think it's really important to test everything on yourself before you roll it out into your franchisees because I don't want them making the mistakes. 
I think that's why you buy a franchise to you're buying all the mistakes that I made and how not to do them. So, um, yeah, so we use a marketing company and then we, we test the waters and I'm trying another one out right now because I wasn't quite happy with the results I've been getting uh, per se. So I spend the money and outsource again and try it again. And I watch things. So we do a mixture of Facebook. We watch the leads, uh, every location, every Tuesday, I get an update from my team on every location from their leads, their closing ratios, their revenue for the first of the month and their forecasted revenue for the first of December. So I see where they're in a deficit starting up the first of the month and what we need to do to get each of them up. So we do strategize calls. So I get, that's, that's every Tuesday. So I watch numbers for all locations and we mentor them and we find out what's not working for them. Some things work better in certain locations. Some have a higher demographic of senior citizens. Some have might've have made a mistake of being put in the wrong area where the income demographics, not the ideal candidate for a personal training studio. You know, and we haven't done that, but that's happened in the past with my old gym. So we try to provide that kind of support and that thought behind that. And again, I spend the money on my two locations that I still privately own. And if it does well, then we test it out with franchisees and then roll it out to our into our franchise disclosure documents. Awesome. Awesome. So you're a you're a numbers guy, you're a spreadsheet guy. And one of my favorite things to track, you know, with organic marketing, with social media, stuff like that. You really can't traffic it. You just you or track it as much because there's no dollars in, dollars out. You know that you have to do it. You have to have a presence. When it comes to the paid side, I don't think anything gives a more accurate picture of what's going on than just straight up dollar for dollar ROI, right? Like yep. I'm putting this much money into paid ads, this much is coming back. Do you have a benchmark that you use for that? Like, do you need like and, and when I say that, I mean like on day one, like people coming in. Do you have a benchmark for, you know, I need to get two to one, I need to get one to one, I, I need to get 0.5 to one to feel like something's a winner? Well, yeah, you know, I look at well, not only what we spend, I look at what the EFTs, it's because it's, it's, it's about cash pulled up front. And that's great with down payments and stuff like that. But it's really about the EFT. It's about your contracts you have. That's how you forecast things. That's how you budget. So we, we really strategize and push on that, whether it's 3,000, 4,000 a month during a grand opening for three months until we get those EFTs up to 12, 15,000 or whatever that amount needs to make them feel comfortable to start, we, we push for. Um, I think the biggest mistake anybody in business makes is looking at their advertising as an expense when if it's done correctly and your team is closing properly, it's actually an investment. So we really push our, our franchisees to understand, quit, quit calling, oh, it's expensive. No, what's expensive is the mistakes you're making when you're closing under 35%. So our teams usually close at 65, 70%. We got some badasses and I got some locations that don't do as well, um, but we fine tune them and they, they, they have their spikes. But I've noticed that when we close at an average of over 50%, 60%, it's, it, I love it because we're making money. I'm up a couple grand a month in EFTs, our down payments increase, and that's what it's really about. So I think if you watch it from that aspect, retrain yourself to look at your team and say, hey, I have a team, are they following the systems? Is that sale taking too long? Why has it been an hour? They should have been closed 30 minutes ago. They got off the point. They're talking about random things, but they forgot about what the client came in for and what their needs were. And again, that all rolls off to your, 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 your value ratio of your brand. So I think if you watch all those things, you watch your closing ratios, then ad spend doesn't really matter. In fact, I look forward to spending more money when we're closing like a beast. But when we're not, I tell franchisees, don't, hey, we don't need to spend much more money. You got a hole in the boat, dude. And you're throwing money out the door. Amen. Um, you talk about the value in your sales process and, and it's not necessarily for me so much about what the dollar amount is, yeah. but are people coming in, signing up with you 
always paying you some sort of money? Are you, are you a total away from a free trial, free five classes, a free week? Are, are you, is your sales process such that people are investing something on day one? Um, we'll give away a free personal training session, a free class. We got away from the one week freeze and all the free stuff because it just devalues my brand. Um, we don't, we are not a, a fan of the 30, 40 people in a room for the group fitness. We're at 12, 16, 10. We, we do duplicates of two and they're called jail cells. So clients are actually in their perspective jail cells, 11 by seven, and they're all fully equipped the same way. And then the opposing side is equipped with different stuff. And then halfway through, we spray down sanitizer or wipe down, switch sides. So now you're actually in a personalized area, but with a group of people, there's nothing like it. So it's pretty wicked like that in that sense. Um, I, uh, I think again, everybody misses that picture of selling on the value of what you do and they want to give away free stuff. I think if you focus on, hey, listen, we have limited classes. We take pride in what we do. We have a wait list. If we see a, a wait list, we'll add another class, but we don't just want you in here. So we don't do free weeks. You'll come in here the first time. If you love the culture, you love the experience, then it's for you. If it's not, you know, you're best probably serving yourself to keep shopping. And by doing that, doing the takeaway option, we tend to get people to jump into a contract quicker or see more value in our brand. But I found giving away the one week pass, man, it, it, it's just they, they don't they don't take any action. That was maybe years ago, but it started kind of diminishing. So we pulled away from that a while ago. Yeah, I think the uh, the faith that you have in your sales process and in the training and in, in the people that you have in place speaks to that. Right. It's a great tool if if you have something, you know, if you're trying to put 10,000 people into a, a, a big box gym, then it doesn't really matter. Your incremental cost of service is yep. negligible. There isn't really a big a big risk. And you just want to get people in the door, right? It's just numbers. But when you have a niche, you have a boutique and something that you're trying to, to get a premium price for, um, and that's something we can dive into. I'm interested if you want to talk about it on the air, if you if you put your prices out there. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to what, what you can charge for that in your area. But if you have that service and sales process, then you don't want to devalue it. You don't need to, it's not a, it's not a $20,000 business to business product where you got to show somebody results first. It's like, listen, I know what you're going to get. You're going to spend a couple hundred dollars a month. If you come and you, and you don't, if you don't eat like trash, you're going to get results. Like you have that confidence. It's like, you want to be here? Cool. If not, I'm not going to beg you. That's exactly it. I think, I think the biggest mistakes, and I made this years back, but I think most personal trainers, most gym owners do is they they try to sell off of how badass I am, how incredible we are. Look at our equipment. Look at this. But it's not about you. It's about making the prospect the hero. What, what's their story? What are they looking for? What, what do you want out of this, Dom? What are you looking for? Are you married? You got your daughters? What's your family like? And what are you wanting out of this journey? And then I piece, I piece file it all together for you. And the biggest thing is that's how you build value. And you listen. Then you fact find. You find out more about them. Then I come into my value building. And by doing that, it's it, we find that it's really easy to close a sale. We don't have to give away the farm to do so. And all it does is just devalue. So if you make it about the customer, their journey, and we have to also remember too, we're selling an intangible item. It's not like I'm going to sell you this iPhone for 800 bucks and you walk away and you leave with something that you can use instantly. I'm selling them, with, especially with personal training and group fitness, I'm selling them a, a journey, a, an idea of where they're going to be. At, and that's why they sign up. When they sign up and pay you, that's because you did a good enough job giving them that vision where they're going to be at. Now, do you do a good job of keeping them? Because boutique fitness, it's all about retention. So it's not about like, you know, we both know big box gyms, a couple thousand people. We want thousands paying $10 a month. So we have to worry about them, whether they come or go, no big deal. Our brand, I want people here. I want them staying. I want them bringing their friends in. 
And we do charge a premium dollar for that. So I think if we uh, remember that it's about the customer, it's not about us and how badass, what, what a bodybuilder I was when I was competing and how cool I looked and how badass my place was. It's not about the Jesse show. It's about the Dom show and what I need to do for you and how I can sell you my brand. And then listening, you know, you're telling me that, hey, this is what you're looking for. And I'm not going to try to sell you something you can't, either can't afford or you don't need. So I think the biggest thing is just listening to your clients, listening to your prospects and uh, your value comes from that. Yeah. One of the things that you said is it's funny as you talk about like making the, the client, the hero, making about their journey. Uh, are you familiar with the, the book or the concept of the story brand? Love it. Yeah, absolutely. My wife say, and I love that and adore that and use it in our branding. Yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's, that sounds like, story you know, your adaptation around, around it, but definitely making it about that and, and what their journey is going to look like. And ultimately nobody, very few people show up at the gym just because they want to work out, right. Or just because they want to do someplace cool. People got other shit to do. Yeah. Right? results they want to feel better they want to be more confident they want to date more they want to get promoted at work whatever whatever the case may be they're coming for the feeling they're going to get from the results like nobody's ever like i lost 100 pounds uh i can check that off my bucket list it's how do you feel when it happens so you package that into the journey with the results and then you're you're three quarters of the way there right it's it's cool hey you can get me these results and the concept is good and, and this looks like a place I want to be. People look like me. All right, that's good. But people get, get it twisted. They get it backwards on that. So I'm with you 100% on that. Like, I, I want to give you what you're here for. And then, then I can tell you how it's going to happen. Yeah. Right? But, but nobody, nobody comes into, or very few people come into a gym just because they're like, hell yeah, I want, to, I want to feel like I got hit by a truck four times a week. Yeah, that's people don't want that. You know, it's bodybuilding, powerlifting, crossfitting. If you're in your prime of that, that's how I, when I was bodybuilding, at 20 years of bodybuilding, competing and coaching people, that's what I wanted. I go to Metroflex, I go to the hardcore gyms, and I wanted my ass whooped. But that's, that's not who pays my bills. It's 45 and up clients that just want to feel better and have some more value to their life and be there for their daughter's wedding and, and not have a heart attack or stroke, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you have, you have your, your idea there of, of what you're doing to get clients in the door, what you're doing once they get there. Execution, you know, that, that's kind of a, a niche that you've developed, right? doesn't necessarily translate to everybody's going to have their own way to do it. But the, the other stages are, you know, additional services, additional revenue streams. People ask always about things like nutrition coaching, supplements, apparel, things like that. Are those other things that you've delved into and that you offer your clientele? Yeah, we do. And we did a lot of that over the years. And again, I, some of them that I found that they don't, if they're a lot more work and time from our team and myself, but very minimal in revenue, in a net revenue, I, I stay away from it. Shut it, cut ties, move on. And I go back to my simplified format. The supplements, we do plan on rolling out probably the third or fourth quarter of 2022. Um, we'll work with that right now. It's not big in my, uh, my wheelhouse retail. We do have retail and we push and we, we do well with that. Um, nutrition. Yeah, we, we did a lot of that, but as we grow and the brand grows one, you got to be careful with liability situations and stuff like that. So we have a basic fuel plan and we have all of our, everything on there legally to cover our asses and clients can download that from our website based off gender and height. And it makes it really easy. And we tell our franchisees, if you have somebody that has, celiacs or diabetic anything of that nature we really push them to 
partner up with a local nutritionist or dietitian, and we do here in Flower Mound. So I don't want to be messing with a ton of different things. That, no, we're on the mass. Everybody wants to think they're completely different than everybody else, but they're not. You have mesos, endos, and ectos. But at the end of the day, a human's a human, a woman's a woman, a man's a man. Some are taller, some are shorter. So you base it off their, their protein, carbohydrate, fat in, increments, calories. I don't worry about as much. So we do have design fuel plans based off of protein, carbohydrate consumption. And then we outsource and refer out to somebody else. And that does us wonders because they also refer people to us for fitness. So it's a win. So I'd rather send her somebody and she sends me somebody that pays $500 a month. You know, so that's, that's kind of our, our take on that with nutrition. Cool. So you're looking at it from a operational complexity standpoint. Absolutely. Profitability, but also highest service level again to clients. You're not going to add anything to your plate that's not going to be as profitable as, as what you're already doing or close to it. And, and in turn, that won't let you give the attention that you need to, to do it at the high level you want. Yeah. So you the root of strategic partnerships there. And, and is that something that you encourage uh, your franchisees or will encourage your franchisees to seek out those strategic partnerships? Yeah, we pretty much require them to because again, nobody's going to have either the 25 years. But I'm glad you did. Yeah, in a sense with, with the franchise stuff, there's certain things they cannot, cannot do. And when it comes to nutrition, we're really strict on that. You know, send them out to their doctor, nutritionist, somebody other than you. If they have some different components to their lifestyle and dietary needs that you don't know about, don't get yourself in a hole, smack your trainers on the wrist. They're talking about stuff that gets you again, liable to that client's uh, outcome. So I'm real strict on that. And again, it's about that bigger vision. I'd rather refer our, our girl's awesome. Jenna, we send her people, you know, and when she gets good customers that are weight loss, who does she send them to us? We're boutique. Our quality is incredible. We work with her on it. We don't try to step on her toes and disrespect her. I have cardiologists, chiropractors, and OBGYNs that send us their patients for weight loss. That doesn't happen in a lot of places, but they do it because our quality is so good. We have employees, not contract employees, and they follow our protocols, and it's very clean and classy. So that's just the way we wanted to do things. It kept me out of the, the, the hanging noose of a mistake that somebody made when they talk about things they don't know. Um, and again, big picture, I refer our nutritionist or dietitian, somebody, same with the doctors. They send me a client that signs up for personal training. I'll take that all day long <laughs> versus the headache of trying to jack with something. And then, then you and I might know a lot about nutrition, but does your franchisee, does that gym manager, does that trainer have your 20 plus years of knowledge? Probably not. So what, what dumb stuff are they saying that holds your brand liable? Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. And you have to look at that through a lens that's different than the sole owner operator, micro gym, fitness that can just say, Hey, I can control this. It's in my four walls. You got to know what's going to be good for everybody who's trusted you to invest their money and, you know, how have you helped them lead their client base? So it's, yeah. you clearly have not lost sight of any of that. So you have, you, you're making this shift, this transition in, in your franchise model, growing that, um, expanding outside of Texas, uh, hopefully on the near horizon. Yeah. What do you see, where do you think the, the long-term vision is? Do you, do you put any type of cap or goal on yourself or is it just more, you know, I'm going to work hard and, and stay to my core values and see where this thing goes? You know, um, uh, no matter what, it's always going to be to my core values. I mean, I stay true on my knuckles. I, I, I'm very humble from my beginnings. I'm a high school dropout. And I live in my car. I've been broke. I mean, I've had a very rough 
<laughs> life that keeps me real now makes me appreciate everything I have now. Um, I'm big on family. So you know, I'll bring this up with our personal training. We don't charge extra for spouses or loved ones. No extra charge. So kid, husband, wife can train at the facility and there's no extra dime charged to you. It, the retention is better. We build that family value up. So as we grow the company, as long as nothing hinders our performance and our ability to take care of the franchisee, because I'm still, I still personal train from five in the morning to about now about 930 in the morning, 10 o'clock, I train and I love it. And as years go on, I cut back more and more, but I'm still a trainer. So I don't want to lose sight of what I do and the, and the value that I have on my clients. And that's what we push on our trainers. You're not just a trainer. You have a viable impact on these people when they're in front of you. I want franchisees like that. I don't just want somebody looking for an investment. I want them engaged. They need to care about what they're doing. So as we grow, like uh, we have a gentleman coming out next week, Chris, we're excited about him coming out from South Carolina. He's, he wants to change lives and help people. So the goal is to meet with him, not only see if our brand's uh, a good fit for him, but is he a good fit for us? Because I don't want a headache down the road and I don't want to sell something to somebody that really regrets it after two years because they're not up to our standards, you know? So it's, so you got to be really careful as you grow. And we want to make sure we don't make the mistakes that I did when I was younger and I lost my gym because I was trying to have about 20 apples and hold them in my arms and they're all falling out. That's that's a mistake I did thinking more was better. So slow, strategic, quality. That's how I want to grow. So you, you're not going to be, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to rain anyone's parade here. It's not going to be like, hey, go on my website, follow the application somebody will look at it. And if you have the money, we'll take it. You're at the point where at least for the time being, you're going to be personally vetting everybody who wants to come in and take on you. Yeah, we have a, we have an incredible infrastructure, a strong team. My wife is a CEO of the franchise company. She is just a badass in business marketing. She's headstrong, really smart. So she works with everybody. We have a franchise developing a gentleman that's part of the company, a franchise director, 30 years experience. So I made sure to bring the best people on. I brought on one of the best guys that writes franchise ops manuals, 21,000 bucks to pay for this guy to come out here and spend weeks with us. And so when you buy a franchise, you're getting all of that and all my mistakes that I made and how not to do them. So I, I think if you have the right infrastructure, the right team, and for my wife, Tiffany, the CEO, to Paul and our whole team, we, we want to be able to give everything to these people. But again, it's up to us to do our due diligence on the, the candidate to make sure that they're a good fit for our brand. And I respect my team. If, if somebody says, hey, this guy or her woman does not have it, she's self-centered, she just wants it for money, then that's, she's not going to treat her employees right. She's not going to care about the customers. And I don't need a location going out of business right now. I don't need a bad rap. So I don't want the money. It, it's more of a headache down the road. If, you, if you're short-sighted looking at the numbers and the apps and just taking people's cash, you're going to screw yourself if you do that. I love that point of view, man. And it's good to see that, um, you know, you, you look at where your roots are and what you've experienced that other people may not have and know if I just try to, if I try to switch my focus and just be all business and stop and, and kind of remove myself from the passion, things are going to go to shit real fast. It, it, absolutely, man. It, it does. I mean, as soon as you lose sight of what you love about, you know, fitness and Again, it's not about hard bodies. And I mean, I did, again, 18 years of coaching bikini, bodybuilding, and physique. That's what I was known for in, in Dallas. I saw a lot of people change. Two things change people, money and their physiques. And I saw people get cocky, arrogant, and they lost sight of who they were. I, I'm not about that anymore. And that's why I kind of hung up the towel in that area around 2012 and focused on the journey of weight loss and people and lifestyle. And it's better money, better retention. There's more people out there that want that versus 
get people on stage in a speedo to get judged and barely paying me. That's kind of how it was, you know, and I have more value when I wake up in the morning, dude, I fucking love coming to work. Excuse my language. I, I love coming here every day. You're good. You're good. So and I, I don't want to lose sight of that. And I want our franchisees to share that same freaking badass feeling, man, that I'm going to do something cool today for somebody. You're going to have the part of the application is going to be like the in-person passion meter. So exactly. Yeah. I could, you know, you could get away with it with a name like Outlaw. Somebody comes in and they don't have it. You could be like, man, you just need to get out. I'm sorry. <laughs> get the hell out of here, man. And we're kind of like that even with our hiring, man. We hire slow, fire quickly. If, somebody's, if they're not fitting there, we try to exit them quickly because they'll probably good for LA Fitness or somewhere else, not bashing anybody else, but they're not good for our brand. doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means they're not good fit for our culture, you know? That, that applies across the board. So right. I'm also interested with someone who's who's been in it a while. I mean, you have your shit together. You have, you've made a lot of mistakes, so you're aware, but I think also you have to know that as you grow, as you expand in whatever direction, right, uh, a successful business, there's always going to be something broken, right? There's always going to be a next challenge. Do you know what that is for you yet? Can you see it? Is it on the horizon? Do you know what the next thing is you're going to have to tackle? You know, um, yeah, before, yeah, luckily I knew some of those things a couple years ago and one was my badass location, my personal training studio, million dollar studio, all that cool shit. Still had old 1980s, old white I carry equipment, which I loved, but it wasn't up to the standards of the franchise where we use true and hoist and everything's charcoal, silver, and just stunning when you walk in. So you come to the headquarters and it didn't look like what you were buying. So it hurts me in multitude of different ways. It's, it's a false representation of the brand that I'm selling. So I took them on tours of the locations. So I, I, I spent a lot of money and overhauled my studio and bought all new equipment. And as I'm growing this thing, I know my headquarters is stunning now where I'm currently at, but it's a cluster fuck of suites put together and nothing. It makes sense to us, but it, it's not ideologically what I'd like to have. So I knew I needed a, a headquarters. If I'm going to do this, I don't do anything half-ass and, and I'm not shit, not money either. So I mean, I had to piecemeal everything together, but we leased a new location, negotiated a great deal with build out built out a gorgeous new new location for the headquarters that's 15 minutes from Dallas Fort Worth Airport boutique hotel going in next to us high-end restaurants right and it's all right about 500 or five yeah about 500 yards from Grapevine Lake so now when we fly to Prospect and we sent our driver to pick them up boutique hotel restaurant dinner training is all done there conference center I mean so I knew I needed my infrastructure set up so I spent all of last year and this year with my wife my team getting our headquarters built and designed. So we're in there next week. So yeah, some of those things I knew I had to do. So I aggressively just literally was kind of psycho the last 14 months. And that's all I've been focused on is getting that done. So yeah, you, you need to know your broken points and be smart enough to know where your screw ups are and then have enough diligence to take action to get them done too, no matter what it costs. Awesome, man. That's uh, it's exciting, right? You got to be like, right on the edge of, I need all this to work, but I know I put all the work into it. So, you yeah, know, we gotta, we're going to make this happen. And in the transition from one spot to another, it's going to be fast, right? It is. It's going to be within a few days and it hasn't gone our way. I mean, our, our developer took a long time to get finished. So we couldn't finish our build out. And now I, I have my place pre-leased and I have to be out by the 10th pretty much. So it's a matter of getting our equipment extracted, put in the new place. So, but I think, you know, you, I've watched, uh, I've watched some of your podcasts. You guys, are, you guys rock. And I like the stuff, the questions you ask. And I think, you know, 
I guess uh, this phrase, Tony Robbins uses it. You got to burn the boats. Yes. Burn the boats, burn the bridges. You know, when when you make a decision and it's going to cost you money, it's a big strategic decision. I go into it with the thought of there's no going back. You know, I'm I'm full in, dude. That's not my name on that lease. There's no, maybe I don't do this. You're fucking committed. So I go all in. So I think as a business owner, you need to make sure it makes sense numerically and money-wise. But once you're in, man, make sure your team drinks the Kool-Aid they're in and then kick ass and, and, and rock. Don't look back. Awesome, man. Unfortunately, as much as this bums me out, we're getting close to end of our time here. I know that this is going to be a loaded question for you because you got so much experience. But for our listeners out there, and even for yourself, right? For you, yeah. for young you, right? If you could go back, if you had to pick one or two like big points, big lessons that you think could serve somebody in this industry better than anything, what do you think it would be? If I had to pick someone, any any lesson, any any big you know big ideas, anything that you think would serve you, oh, or, or anybody in this industry, like that really guides everything for you. Absolutely. I, 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 I know you agree with this. Never stop being coached. I always have a coach, a business coach. I always have a mentor and it's not in, even in fitness. I have a great mentor now. He's one of the top, he actually, he is a top Domino's franchisee in the world. And he's a good friend of mine and a client of mine. And so he's a mentor. I have a lot of good men and women that I, I, I mentor under in a sense. I've paid for business coaching for years and I never go without a coach. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing you can do for yourself as an entrepreneur, man, woman, spouse, always continue coaching and never think you're so badass that you don't need it. Awesome, man. Yeah, I can't disagree with that on any <laughs> level at all, no matter what. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if you're, even if you're not a business owner, right? In yeah. life, just, just as humans, we need somebody to call us out on our shit and, and help us get to where we're trying to go all the time. So I love that. Yeah. Last thing before I let you go, um, where can people find you, find the outlaw fit camp franchise, get more information on you, check that out uh, from the level of a consumer investor, where, where can we find you? Sure. I mean, outlawfitcamp.com, outlawfitcamphq. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find there. Um, and if anybody has any questions or need any help, I, I love I love what you're doing. I love the insight you're you're asking, like having me on. I appreciate having me on as a guest. I appreciate that. And um, I wish this was around your podcast years ago, 14 years ago, when I went out of business, lost everything because I could have learned a lot. So I appreciate uh, being on your show today. So, but yeah, outlawfitcamp.com. I, I appreciate that, man. That's the the best compliment we can ever get. And every time I hear that, when someone says you know, I'm glad I'm here now, but I wish that I had what you're doing, you know, two, three, five, 10 years ago, whatever it is, yeah. um, just, just makes us want to keep pushing forward. So as if we weren't motivated enough, man, that, that means a lot. So I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us today. Absolutely, brother. Take care. And thank you again. You're very welcome to everybody out there listening. As always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for spending a little of your day with us. We hope you found some value in this. If you didn't, smack yourself in the head and hit rewind because there's nuggets and pearls this whole episode here. So put, put some extra listening ears on. Click the subscribe button, get notified in new episodes. If you want to be on the show, if you want to talk about your business model, it doesn't matter if you have one location, 10, 100, whatever you're doing, we want to hear about it. We want to share your best practices. Click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard. 
Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.